Hello, and thank you for checking out the Counselor's Podcast. On this podcast, we explore ideas, tools, and resources to hopefully help us become better therapists and create a more fulfilling experience for our, our clients when they join us in therapy. Today, I want to talk specifically about how to enter the here and now, specifically in a, in a group session. So this is something that's often spoken about or, or reviewed in grad school and, and talked about in, in group supervisions about entering the here and now, the use of self, the therapeutic relationship, uh, and working towards our goals. Unfortunately, I don't think it's, it's very well understood by most therapists. I think when, when clients come into therapy, they're hoping that the, the counselor is going to be a, an expert. And in some ways they are. But the, the expectation is that the expert, they're gonna, the client's going to come in and I'm going to explain my understanding of some of the things that I'm working through, some of the issues I'm having. And the counselor is going to instill some form of advice, some valuable wisdom that's going to alleviate me from my, from my problems, help me see it differently or offer a new perception. But as we know, and you know, any seasoned counselor will be able to tell you, this is more of a partnership than it is the counselor leading the client. And part of that partnership is the, the therapeutic relationship. And even more so in, in a group setting. So again, a, a more less experienced, less developed, more primitive group is where a therapist prepares some material, maybe a worksheet, packet. Um, and they present the material, much like a classroom or a show or a movie. And this isn't the best, always the best or most fulfilling experience for the client. The client comes in, they sit down, they think, okay, what's on today? What movie is playing? And if it applies to me, maybe I will engage, maybe I'll contribute, maybe I'll talk about how it relates to me in some kind of way. But if it doesn't, I just kind of have to sit back and politely, you know, wait for the group to run its course. And unfortunately, the the truth is that's uh, a lot of therapy is run in that way. And we miss out on utilizing all those relationships within the room. One of the wonderful things about group therapy is if you have 10 people in the room, you have 10 different reactions to the same stimulus. So for example, somebody shows up into the group late, and one perception might be, well, that person just doesn't really care about this group. They're not committed to us. There might be feelings of resentment or, or even anger. You know, another perception of somebody might be worried. I wonder, you know, this person has something going on outside of the group and I hope they're okay. Another form of worry might be, I, I hope this person feels included and cared about in this group and they must not because they, they came late. So there's different hundreds of different ways that we can, you know, interpret a behavior. And, but what that shows us is that of those 10 different interpretations for that one stimulus, that's not changed is that is what, what some therapists call the, the inner road to our, to our clients because their experiences shape their perceptions and their expectations and how people perceive them, how they perceive other people. Now that in itself, that insight and that awareness right there doesn't cure anything necessarily, but it does give us some insight and a a starting point to where I can possibly 
challenge those perceptions. Experiment with new ways to behave. Experiment with new ways to think and see how others react. So accessing the here and now, again, it's it's very it can be very challenging for newer clinicians. And one of the best ways to do that, in my experience, is laterally processing an interaction. And so the difference of that from, from what, what typically happens is we can use an example of a client that comes in with trauma. Now we know a large majority of our clients have experienced some form of trauma in their lives that has seriously affected them. And trauma is something that affects a person's biochemistry, you know, how their brain even works. And so sometimes we're, we're limited in what we can do in talk therapy as far as really alleviating trauma. Now there's some forms of therapy such as EMDR um, and some others that you know that have proven effective in doing that. You know. But one of the symptoms of trauma that's most challenging is what I'd like to call I like to call it a secondary disturbance. Is not only do I have this trauma and this awful experience that I'm reminded of frequently, is that I'm also left with the responsibility to hide, to show everybody, you know, do my best to show everybody that I'm okay, I'm strong, I'm confident. It doesn't bother me as much as as I let on, and I can neither do that by pretending to be something else out, you know, outside interacting with people, or I just isolate completely because I'm just exhausted. I'm trying to pretend that everything is okay and not appear weak or, or vulnerable, inadequate, insecure, or anything. And so the group setting is a, is a place where a person has an opportunity to challenge some of those perceptions. And one of the main perceptions, and we have this whether, whether someone identifies with trauma or not, is that if you knew me the way I know me, you wouldn't like me. And to stick with the concept of trauma, you might think that I'm weak, soft, stupid. If you understood what goes on in, in my mind related to that, that specific experience and how it seeps into every interaction and, and things that I, I, I do in my life. And so typically what happens if somebody discloses even a, a small portion of, of their trauma or their experience is we go into historian mode as counselors. We try to get all the specifics and the other group members might too. They say, you know, well, when did this happen? How old were you? Where did you grow? Who else was there? All of these questions and trying to, to collect a bunch of information like that as if we have all the information and we'll have a clearer picture and we'll have some kind of solution. And for one, I don't know that that creates any kind of solution for our clients, any durable solution for that. Because we say, you know, typical, almost cliche things, it wasn't your fault, they're there, things of that nature. But also it doesn't address the, the isolation, the, the part of me that, that, again, believes that if you knew me like I knew me, you wouldn't like me very much. And so what laterally processing something does is it does, it focuses less on the historical facts, you know, and, and the other part too is our clients are poor historians. They might come up and they might be as genuine as they want to be, but unfortunately they have a strong bias in their experiences. And so they might not be capable of giving us an accurate history of, of what's happened. 
And so we're kind of spinning our wheels there. And so again, a, a better use of our time is laterally processing something. So when a client has as an opportunity to disclose something of that nature. Whereas a therapist, you sense that the disclosure was significant. As we have an opportunity at that point to kind of step back once it's, the disclosure has run its course and ask the client, what was it like to talk about that in this room with your peers? How did it feel? And that's opening a door at that point. There's no guarantee the client walks through it, but it opens a door, gives the client an opportunity to talk about their anxiety, their fears, their expectations, how, how they expect their peers to, to view them, how they expect the therapist to view them. That internal voice that they have leading up to the disclosure, don't say it. They're not going to like it. They're going to think you're weak. They're going to think you're soft. They're going to think you're stupid. And hopefully what happens, and in my experience, this happens almost all of the time, this wonderful thing called universality, the client realizes that they're not alone, that we might have very unique experiences, polar opposite experiences in some ways, but we have a common ground there, that idea that if you really knew me, if you knew what I've been through, what I've experienced, what I've done, that you might not like me. And that in itself, the idea that I'm not as messed up as I thought I was, and I'm just as messed up as everybody else, including the therapist, is refreshing and healing. And also, too, we're having an opportunity to, to talk about that in the group room. What was it like for the peers in that group to hear that member talk about their trauma? And in that way, everybody is center stage. And then we enter into the here and now. Because not only are people going to have the feelings during that disclosure, they're going to have feelings towards that client. And that client's expectations and their perceptions are going to be challenged in that moment. The idea that they're going to get rejected absolutely by their peers is challenged at that moment. And a lot of times people are usually very encouraging, you know, but not all the time. And even in the worst case scenario, when, when they're not, somebody says, you know, let's say somebody confirms that they're weak. Let's say somebody says, oh, you shouldn't feel that way. It wasn't your fault or something like that. The client has an opportunity at that point too to challenge the idea that they can't stand that kind of rejection or judgment. And so you can see how this easily opens up into a, a very productive and fulfilling and beneficial conversation in the here and now. Instead of looking at the, the history of a certain issue, we're trying to collect data and information that is in most times inaccurate anyway. What's it like to tell that story? And the overall goal there, it's not obvious, is unconditional self-acceptance. That our clients have an, have an opportunity to not only cognitively understand that they can accept themselves, but do that in a group setting where people have no obligation whatsoever to accept them. And they can be as they are, even just a little bit, just dip their toe in the water and give us a glimpse of who they are and see if the world doesn't collapse in on itself. That's a valuable opportunity that very few people get to experience. So I hope you're able to use this during your individual therapy or group therapy sessions. And it helps you gain access to a, a deeper therapeutic relationship with your clients, a more fulfilling and engaging experience in the group room. If you'd like this episode, 
please tell your friends. Please subscribe. That's the best way for us to continue to grow is by, by word of mouth. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks.